Welcome to the Gyms Cast, the official podcast of the Gyms Group. With nearly 4,000 franchisees across Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, spread across household brands such as Gyms Mowing, Gyms Cleaning, Gyms Antennas, there's Gyms Everything. We are Australia's largest franchising family. If you want to see everything we do, head to gyms.net. My name is Joel Kleber, and every week I'm joined by The Gym. Every week we sit down and discuss various topics relating to gyms, franchising, business, current affairs, and even occasionally topics recommended by you. We also post weekly replays off our Facebook live stream, Ask Gym, where Jim answers your questions live on air. If you're interested in getting involved with that, head over to our Facebook page at 7pm every Wednesday, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Please feel free to give us a rating and review. Every little bit helps the show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. So thanks for doing this. So everyone who's watching, guys, so this is Matthew Thorpe, who is a Jim's Mowing franchisee. What's your territory, Matt, for everyone watching? Uh, Hampton Bayside. Hampton Bayside. How long have you been in business? Uh, just ticked over two years. Just over two years, and you are a sole trader still, or do you have employees? No, a sole trader, yeah, so by myself. Yeah. By yourself at the moment. Okay, cool. Now, how just to start with, how in general are you going overall with, obviously, the announcement and obviously homebound now, so how have you been? Yeah, the announcement came as quite a shock because I just had, you know, maybe uh, naively had just assumed that um, we were going to be okay to work, uh, you know, working by yourself, not seeing any of your customers, or many anyway, um, I would have thought it's a pretty safe environment to work in. And it was when I was sitting at home, I'd actually taken the Monday off to homeschool. So I've got um, two kids both in school. I took that Monday off to homeschool. And uh, when the two o'clock press conference came on, I was watching that only for him to you know, flippantly say, uh, well, no one yes. will be coming around to clean your house or mow your lawn. And that's mm. when my phone started running hot. Yeah, we were the same. We we uh, we saw the DHS guidelines and we were cycled. This is sole trader exemption, right? Where you yeah. had no contact, and we thought, oh, sweet, most of the people will be fine. And then, yeah, you're right. He said the same thing. And then, as as exactly what happened for you, that's what happened for us. Was the um, yeah, the phones went hot and the emails. Yeah, well. and and I don't get it because the sole trader exemption, I think, trumps anything that's in that document because it's at the top of the document. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would think the first thing you're reading is, oh, fine, sole trader, don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's, what's changed, what, what flipped it's on its head to say, well, you know, you can't go out. And look, I understand they're trying to minimise movement mm. within the, you know, the streets, the roads. I get all that. And if you see 50, 60 gyms mowing trailers driving around, people will start to think, well, if it's okay for them, it's okay for me. But I think he needed to articulate it a lot better. You know, mm. if there is an opportunity for people to be able to do their job without coming into contact with the general public, they can continue to do so. And I think that is absolutely maybe, you know, 70 to 80, that maybe even 90% of the gym's group. Yeah. And I think the frustrating thing now is we're getting a lot of photos sent to us by people in the public with the council workers, obviously, you know, on write-ons or you've got multiple people within a garden bed, which doesn't need to be, you know, which really yeah. seriously doesn't need to be maintained and no mask on and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so so that, that was one of the questions Channel 7 asked me today was how do you feel about people, you know, the council workers who are out there? I said, well, why is their job any different to what I do? I'm more mm. safe than they are because it's just me. I'm only going to, you know, maybe a dozen houses and a, but not seeing anybody and I'm coming straight home. They're going to various parks and gardens. There are people out there. It's no different to the trade. You go past a trade site now, you've got five, six, seven, eight blokes on the site, none of them wearing masks. And at lunch, they all go out to different venues to go and get their lunch and then come back. So... Yeah, I've been astounded by that. I get a coffee regularly up in the corner here and there's a bunch of plums ripping up the side of this house. You know, no one's wearing masks. You know, they're, they're all within close facility. And it's, um, it's quite, you know, it's, I just, it's just quite a, 
you know, a fan, um, dumb fan to me. Yeah. Our, you know, it can just be for one case that's completely different to us. Whereas we, and I, no offence to council workers, but I think our guys will take a lot more care and with the rules um, as opposed to the council workers oh, as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, council's council. Jim's mm. got a very big name and brand that you've got to protect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the first, top, first thing someone would do is if they see a Jim's mower out on the nature strip mowing without a mask, is take oh, a photo and... Absolutely. Them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... I think the, the sole traders are easy just to, to push aside, in my opinion. They don't have unions. They, don't, they have very little support um, or voice. And so it's easy just to say, well, you're not working. If you try to stop a, a big company, you know, who's contracted to look after Port Phillip Parks and Gardens, well, all of a sudden you've got that company plus the council voicing, you know. So we're just easy to push aside and, and, and you know, not be listened to. Yeah, I think that's the frustration of obviously Jim as well was when that happened is what you said is no real voice, was there? As you said, there's no real union no, for it's it. Not. There's, who's who's going to speak out for, for the little guy in this sort of circumstance? Yeah, and that's where we're lucky that, okay, Jim was frustrated, upset and offered to pay our fines and we get all that. You know, that was never going to happen really. Um, and um, you can understand his passion for looking out for um, the, the Jim's um, group and, and the, the Jim's people. But you think about the, the independent bloke or, or the independent family that, you know, husband and wife team who are going around cleaning and they have absolutely no one standing up for themselves and they're just sitting there going, well, we have to take it and hopefully JobKeeper will get us through for the next six weeks. It's just... Yeah, yeah. And that's really important. I think people need to remember as well, there's a lot of, um, let's say, the comment sections on Facebook and stuff. They're, they're a disaster to even go look into as well, you know. But we had, the gym had a lot of people, independent business owners, actually emailing him direct. So these weren't the people commenting on Facebook, but these are the person emailing him direct and he got a lot of support from Soul Traders who basically said what you just said in regards to, you know, we don't have a union anyone for speaking up for us, so thanks for speaking up to us, which is definitely what happened. And um, you're right, what you said, it's pretty easy to push aside the sole trader, but there's, so, there's thousands and thousands of businesses, as you said, um, who now are just going to be struggling and for a long time. It would be an interesting statistic, albeit very upsetting statistic, to see, and not within the gyms group, but sole traders... How many sole traders existed at the start of this lockdown yeah. and how many are going to come out at the end of it? Mm. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be a fact, isn't it? And that's going to be re seriously reduced. Um, in regards to our guys, though, you know, obviously probably means more work, you know, because there won't be that be less businesses to do it, but it shouldn't be that case, should it? No, and what, what, what I'm also dreading is for those that are okay to get through to the other side, how much work is waiting for them, how much physical and um, emotional strain they're going to put themselves under to want to get that work done before spring really kicks in. Yes. And to make up the money that they've lost in the six weeks. I mean, that's going to take a, a real physical toll, but, geez, the emotional and mental strain it's going to put on people to try and get through that work is, I think, is going to be just as equal. Yeah, I think the mental health effects of this we're going to be dealing with for years and then you have a lot of, um, let's say, unsafe home environments as it is in normal circumstances and now you put, you know, a lot more pressure in terms of internal households and children and especially relationships as well. So it's going to go on for years. But I was going to say as well, so when the, when the reaction happened or when the, um, when the announcement, the flipping comment happened, as you said, the phones went berserk and stuff like that, was it something more from fellow franchisees you heard from or what happened to the franchisor or... What was the next sort of step? It was actually friends and family that had uh, rung me to say, have you seen this? Have you read this? Have you right. heard this? Um, because they were generally concerned about my business and concerned about what that meant for me and uh, my family. 
Um, so that's where the real concern came from. And I'm close to um, a number of franchisees within our region. And of course, we were, you know, texting as well and, and in communication with each other mm. just that, you know, had you read this, had you seen this? And even the night before, when there was that leaked document going around about what might, businesses might close, yeah. Um, and you sort of read it and you thought, well, if this is correct, we'll, we'll be okay. Uh, and what's frustrating is that they knew which businesses they were closing down. Why wait till two o'clock on a Monday afternoon? Why not come out on the Sunday night and give people that week's grace? Let people just go, okay, I've got a week to try and get as much work done as I can to try and keep the you know income coming in. Or it gives me a week to plan how to get over the next five weeks or thereafter. You know, you talk, they talk about staggered stages. Sole traders should have been in that staggered, staggered stage. We shouldn't have been Wednesday midnight. It should have been Friday midnight for us just to allow to get through that. Because you've got two, two days of just absolute being that Thursday and Friday of just um, wasted time. You know, it's just dead, dead, dead space. Hmm. A lot of anxiousness as well, you know, people not knowing what to do and not, wait, not what to do with their business and stuff like that and just you know, have oh, a holding outside. Yeah. First thing I did was jump on what, what government assistance am I eligible for, only then to yeah. realise that as a sole trader with no employees, nothing other than JobKeeper. Mm. And that's yeah, we, obviously a federally funded uh, package. Yeah, which is quite astounding. Well, are you shocked about that? Would you have thought there would have been something in place for that? I think that yeah, I think that if at the end of the day you're going to stop 400,000 sole traders from working there would have been something in that space to allow them to, to get through and not for them just have to rely on $750 a week. Mm. $750 a week for uh, an established gyms mowing business or even a, an established gyms franchise is probably a day's trade, you know? And you factor that in, if you're, you know, in your third year of business like me and you're going, okay, I'm... Con- you know, the two years of business, I've been able to budget this for this month and, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and you factor that in and then all of a sudden the, that rug's been pulled out from under you and you're just left going, where am I going to find that money that I had budgeted for to come in? Mm. And, you know, I hope people have been putting money away for their, whether it be, their, you know, for superannuations or savings, but you shouldn't have to be forced to dip into your hard earned because you're being told you can't work. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good comment there. There's a lot of people, you know, some callous people on mine were saying that, oh, you know, they should have money saved up or if you're in business, you should always have, you know, a bit, you know, a sort of side. But a lot of people don't. You know, they might have just started their business or their franchise. I know I we had a franchisee come to this house for the seven news story. He was two weeks in the business, yeah. this franchise. You know what I mean? Like, he was two weeks in the business. We've had people just start up and then, you know, I feel for them. You know, what can you do? But even, even if you were lucky enough to have some money put aside, just because you can't work doesn't mean the business costs involved in running a business stop. Mm. You know, there's public liability insurance. Depending on when you were um, set up your business, you might very well be up for a $500 uh, invoice this month for public liability. You might have car insurance, car rego, trailer insurance, trailer rego, uh, equipment costs. You may have been putting in your all your tools to get service ready for mm. a, you know, uh, a spring really spring busy period and cop a big, you know, thousand dollar invoice for getting them. And then people just think, oh, let, let them, I think it's a very naive uh, attitude to have that people should have savings put away for something like this. Nobody foresaw this coming. Up until a week ago, or a week and a half ago, we were all working. 
we were doing our job and we were doing it safely. Well, where, where is the evidence to suggest that contact within trade is the reason for the growth of this virus? I haven't seen a stat to say, oh, yeah, it's people coming to your house, doing a plumbing job and then going to the next house. I haven't seen that and I don't believe that that's the case. I mean, that might be just, you know, me being naive myself, but um, it just goes back to the fact that what is different to like your, your example earlier of parks and gardens doing their job and me doing my job. We're both outdoors. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a, quite a common frustration for the majority of our franchisees who completely do contactless. Like even when we were back in stage three, you know, you still have a lot of clients who didn't want any contact with the franchisees and they were doing everything contactless, whether it be dog wash, you know, cleaning, mowing, etc. which is, and fencing, you know, fencing handyman, for example, there's a lot of yeah. as well. And Joel, it's not only just the service that people provide, the gyms group provide, or any, any individual sole trader that has a small business that goes out to homes. It's, it's not just the, the actual service, the job that they're doing. It's the interaction. It's the mental health break that that client, that, I mean, I've got a client who's 95 and, and knows that every Wednesday I'll be there. Um, so, you know, she expects me to be there on that Wednesday and then all of a sudden... I'm not turning up. That it, it can throw them out. They look, they look for that familiar face coming around and just waving through the glass or having a chat. Yeah, yeah, it's a great comment because John Wiles when we interviewed, he got into Channel Seven as well. And he said exactly the same thing as you regarding the elderly customers. A lot of people don't realise that our franchisees go in and check in on elderly customers, and you're right, they give them that interaction. That might be the only interaction they have for the week for someone. We don't know. So you know that was a big, a big thing as well. And then obviously now that's all been kibosh for the next time. So when, so are you still, so are you clear on the rules right now? Just to make sure, are you clear yourself on the rules or is there some NDIS exceptions or something like that? Look, I don't know. I'm not clear on the rules because there has been some suggestion that if you service perhaps a property that, um, you know, like, like an elderly person's home that needs their lawn mode in fear of them, tripping over. I mean, does that come under essential work? I don't know. I mean, I've got two properties that um, are special care facilities and uh, I, I'm, I'm it. So they're staffed with, you know, I guess um, not nursing staff, but, um, you know, staff that help help the people within those homes. Um, yeah. And I'm the gardener. So I do, you know, the hedges, the, the lawns, what have you. Uh, so for the next six weeks, they're just going un unmaintained. Now, what happens if that person in the wheelchair wants to just go out and, and, you know, go around the garden area, but all of a sudden can't because, you know, they can't get across a, 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 an overgrown lawn or, or the hedge is overgrown and they can't go past the footpath. And mm. people might laugh and go, ha, ha, ha. I got a call the week... Um, uh, so I did a job, sorry, I did a job on the Wednesday just before we locked down where one of my facilities, a special care facility, needed the hedge uh, trimmed back because the, the clients within that were wheelchair bound couldn't get through. They physically couldn't get past. So I did that on the Wednesday just because I didn't know whether or not I'd be entitled to go back on the Thursday to do it. Now, does that mean I could have done that? Or it doesn't fall within that bracket. Nobody knows. The police don't know. Those that are enforcing the rules don't know. There's always, you know, grey areas. And unfortunately, I just think that had they left sole traders who can do their job without coming into the public, that 
that's not a grey area. That for me is black and white and it would allow a lot of us to continue to operate without any fear of, of being penalised. Yeah, and that's that, and that's a, and the thing as well. A lot of people don't realise it was a Victorian Police Commissioner statement as well, saying they were going to target gin buying franchisees, which I thought was was quite um, was quite a you know it was just a silly statement they made as well, which was quite frustrating for a lot of the people. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I don't know if you saw that once. I know you're a former policeman. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I did see it, and it was also friends of mine who were still within the police force. Mm. You know, had, had jokingly said, "Oh, well, you know." It's quite easy to see a big green Jim's mowing trailer or a dog wash, um, yeah. you know, or a, th- those sort of things out in the road. They stand out, so it's an easy ticket if you mm. like. Um, so, but people just think that all we do is mow lawns and do gardens. I mean, we're a lot more than 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 that in in terms of the, the interaction we have with our clients. Yeah, I think that's something that people don't understand: is the amount of interactions, the amount of elderly customers that use gyms for a variety of services, and it's they're probably their only weekly check-in or let's say fortnightly check-in they might have with someone. So, it's quite an important thing, and you're right; it's going to throw a lot of people out. So, during this time, Matt, have you spoken to many other franchisees about how things are going, or in your regional, obviously your franchisor Des as well? Maybe contacted him a bit, or what's been happening? Yeah, look, I've I've, I've been um, in contact with Des. Um, I'll say at least once a week. Uh, yeah. It was you know, the second week, but. Uh, he's been really good. He's just released a, a little COVID newsletter, just about um, you know things we can get involved in as, as um, just not only franchisees, but um, you know as friends and family. Uh, Zoom meetings are a regular occurrence now with Des. Uh, we had one yesterday. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it, but um, I, I know that they had 17 of the, of the region um, jump on board with that and just share different ideas and tips about how to get through the next five weeks. Um, he's been really proactive in sending us information about the, the financial assistance out there for sole traders with employees or those that might be set up as companies. Um, so he's been really great. He, he's been really proactive in that space. Uh, in terms of other um, uh, franchisees, I'm actually doing Certificate 3 in horticulture at the moment. So that's all online as well. So our first class, sorry, not our first class, our classes are on Thursday. So we had a class just after the Wednesday lockdown. So for the first 15 minutes of the, the class, um, we were all just talking about how each other's going with their business. What does it mean? And even amongst ourselves, we weren't sure of the rules. There was one, I think, do you know John, John Wilds? He's been I know out. John, yeah, I speak yeah. to John a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John. So John had given an example of whereby he had run the small business hotline to find out whether he was yep. able to go out and do a job at a body corporate, he had the, the information given to him was a yes. Uh, he then cleared it with the police. They said, "Well, it sounds like you've got the answer, you know, from mm. the right source." Another franchisee had run the exact same hotline to ask the exact same question and was told no. So even the people giving out the information who are supposed to know the the answer to these questions don't have the answers and are giving mixed messages. Yeah, that's because no. they've got, no, they got no clear directive and that's the, that's no, the problem, they don't. isn't it? So, and that's, that's the thing, right? And I feel sorry for them as well because they're trying to, what, what advice can they do? You know, they've got, they're unsure themselves and that's half of everyone's frustration at the moment. And yeah, I remember John, actually, John called me at nine o'clock, I think the night when you, when you told me about that story about calling people who gave them approval or something that they didn't know and all this sort of thing. And it just feels sorry for everyone, but it's very, very frustrating. But in regards to other, well, you touched on a topic you want to talk about is what are you going to do in your downtime? So, is there anything you're going to specifically do to work on your business? Or is there some things you think some franchisees might should work on or concentrate during this downtime uh, to try and keep themselves sane 
or stickers that can't work? Yeah, so what I did straight off the bat when I was told that we couldn't work um, was I have all my clients, or those with email, set up on an email. So I sent out an email to them all just saying that um, this was the situation that unfortunately due to stage six, um, sorry, stage four. and that Hopefully we, not stage six, Jimmy. Yeah, stage six, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I sent an email out just saying that as a result of the stage four restrictions for the next six weeks, I'm unable to work. Um, so please don't think I'm just not showing up. Take the time to um, you know, look after yourself and know that when we're given the green light, um, I'll be straight back on the tools. And if it's lucky enough to be earlier, I'll be straight back. If not, then you know, I'll be there. So that was the first thing I did was just so the clients knew that um, I cared about them. I cared about my business enough to know that I wanted them to know that I couldn't work. Um, and I did say to them in the email, I was perfectly honest, I said, look, I think I can work. And all my clients that responded, and out of 90, I think I got around about an 80% return email, um, was, yeah, we think you can do your job safely too, but we understand these are the rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were more concerned, they weren't concerned, so much concerned about their garden or lawn not being maintained, as opposed to how will I, as a small business owner, get through the next five, six weeks without any income coming in from working. Mm. Um, so that was the first thing I did, but in that email, I also told them that I'm going to start working on getting my Jim's Mowing Hampton Bayside monthly newsletter together. So that's something that I've had on the list to do for the last two years, believe it or not, and I just have not had the opportunity. And that's probably a good thing because I'm just, you know, it's an indication of how busy I've been, which is lucky. But I am gonna take this opportunity to draw up a, a newsletter and just use a program like MailChimp um, and just every month send them out what's to do in the garden or what I've been doing as a, as a business, some tips and tricks about how they can improve their garden, their lawn, um, when's the right time to fertilise the lawn, how they, you know, these sort of things. Now, some of them may read it, some of them may not. Um, I hope most of them will. But I think a lot will then turn around and go, well, he's actually been proactive and he's given us some, you know, an indication of uh, what we can do to get our garden better. Let's just get him to do it. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. Um, another thing is an Instagram page. Um, now, I know I can't call it Jim's Mowing Hampton Bayside. On, uh, I think there's been a ruling you can. At the really? Yes, so you can. We're gonna, I'm going to make sure I do a video update on that, but we know that you can have um, with certain measures in place. We, have, we are making it because we know we've run some trials with building inspections and I know dog washing cleaning do it. And yep. with certain measures in place, you can do it. So I know it's going to be a new thing. People watch that might go, I'll call it have a Facebook page. There's certain controls and stuff that have to be in place. Yep. I'm going to announce it soon. So please do it as Jim's mowing as your brand. Okay. Yeah, that, brand. yeah. Okay. That's great. So um, I've been keeping over the last couple of years a portfolio of, you know, digital photos of before and after. Yeah. Simple things like edges, you know, like an, on a nature strip how overgrown they are to what they become now, right up until, you know, re-turfing jobs. Um, and so I'm going to start, you know, what, that'll be this, uh, during this period as well, working on that to build that up and um, start getting some, hopefully generating some business through that. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, so giving, a, a, you know, I've been able to do a few posts here and there, but um, updating that and um, continuing to add to that will be my, uh, on the list of things to do. Now, with the LinkedIn thing, do you do you reach out and, and add real estates in your area or body court managers in your area? Do you do any searches and reach out and send them a connection request? 
I don't, but I am linked in with ones that I do know. So I'm linked cool. in with some people that I already knew were real estates and they're in my area. Yep. Um, and I'm also linked in with, um, uh, you know, people who, who work within the real estate space may not necessarily be agents, um, but linked in with, with them as well. So it's just a, and I'll be honest, in the two years I've been there, I haven't generated any work out of it. And I understand it's a slow burn, but I get a lot of positive feedback out of it. Now, that's not to say somebody hasn't mentioned my name or brand to somebody else and it's come through uh, in you know that way and just not been mentioned to me. But it's a good, I think it's a good tool to have. So I guess in short, this, period, this time will be taken to really build up a, um, uh, the, the media side of things, if you yep. like. Um, I don't have a Facebook page, so that's, um, and I don't intend to have one. I think I can get away with the Instagram, the, the newsletter and the, the LinkedIn. I think that, mm. that's enough social media for, for me. Um, the other thing I'm going to do is just concentrate on my own backyard because <laughs> invariably those who are gardeners and landscapers tend to not have the worst, but don't have the time to, to look after their own gardens. You know, the electrician, he's always got the, the, uh, the light that's out in his house. The plumber's always got the leaky toilet because we're all just so busy. We don't have the time to get it done ourselves. So I've got a couple of projects I'm, I'm, I've written down, like building a veggie patch and garden for the kids. Um, we should document that. That's a great one. It's a really highly used search term at the moment is um, how to grow vegetables in your garden or veggie Yeah, patches. right. Okay. Well, I, I will do that. I've got an area that looks pretty poor at the moment down the side and that's just because we've had a new fence put in and whatnot. But it will be a little bit of a, um, a project that I can work on with the kids and then coming into spring, right, ready for them to plant and grow. So yeah. um, redoing, re-turfing my lawn, um, repairing all my irrigation. So these things that um, whilst they will benefit me in terms of my garden and look nice, it's also still learning. I'm still learning on the job and teaching myself. Plenty of YouTube clips out there that'll mm. help me, um, you know, build a retaining veggie patch, a retaining wall veggie garden, those sort of things. So they're the things I'm working on during the time. Yeah, and Instagram is great for um, mowing, especially some great hashtags in mowing. There's some certain hashtags which get a lot of, um, I might say yeah. there are some rude ones, but you know, with Instagram, the main thing to use is use, always use your 30 hashtags. So you can use 30 okay. hashtags and hashtags are for discoverability. Yeah. So you can even start your own hashtags. So you can have Jim's mowing, whatever your territory is, and always use that for every post. Yep. So that eventually people can search for your hashtag and see your online resume of work. And then just make sure you have the one, three, one, five, four, six, always on the, on the profile and stuff like that. You can also use a tool called Linktree. So Linktree is a link shortening tool and basically it's a mini form of a landing page. So you can have Linktree in your bio and when someone clicks it, it goes to a page and you put various links to various things you've done. So you can pick your most recent newsletter, subscribe to my newsletter, view my most recent work. So there's various things that you can do. And mine, mine's got a great one for Instagram. You know, people love that sort of stuff. So it's very underutilized. But LinkedIn's another one. As you said, it's great you're on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn's still underutilized by a lot of franchisees because you can target so many people in your that you want the real estate's in your body corpse and you can hey you know i'm new in your area or hey you know if you want to change here's my work or something like that and it's a really easy one to do and instagram's fantastic looking forward to how you're doing it and document that thing you do in the backyard with your veggie patch that'd be great yeah, kids yeah. veggie patch very popular i think that's a really cool one and is that a service that you've ever been asked to do from clients is to do veggie patches or something or look i haven't um i originally I think it's a great one i think it's a great yeah. one to, yeah when i when i bought the franchise i had all these ideas about you know where I could take it, and, and but being a re being realistic, I knew that it was um, first to learn the business. 
Yeah. I think after two years, I've got a pretty good understanding of um, my clients, their their needs, um, and and how to operate the business. So it's now into this third year where I'm going to start branching out into those small things. Um, I I had originally thought, yeah, I'll get into the hard landscaping and all that sort of thing, but I actually enjoy the soft landscaping side of it more than the hard. And with that, I mean the planting, the mulching. Um, the suggestion of which plant to put in which area. Because one thing I have learned, and this is no disrespect to landscapers at all, because I know that there are many out there that do a fantastic job, but a lot of them plant to just make the garden look good after a, after makeup. So they've come in, they've done the garden edging, the path, the lawn, the irrigation, and then they're just putting some plants and some mulch, and the client comes out and goes, wow, this is great. Only to find that in 12 months' time, that plant has died or hasn't uh, grown because it's actually not the right plant for the right area. So one thing I learned when I did my certificate two of horticulture was that not all landscapers are horticulturists. Uh, not all landscapers are horticulturalists. And of course, not all horticulturalists are landscapers. Hmm. But that's where, you know, you should be getting a landscaper into landscaping garden, but you should be getting a horticulturalist in to suggest which plants in which area and, you know, how they'll benefit from which soil and which mulch. That, so that's where my focus and I'm gonna drive my business to in, in, in perhaps teaming up with a, a landscaper and, and doing the soft side of things and speaking with clients about which plants would work well in their garden because they're a north facing garden by the, by the bay or those sort of things. So that's where my focus has been. And of course, during this period, I'll, I'll be finishing off my um, certificate three in horticulture. So. Um, I'm still keeping very busy and very much hands-on with the business, but also taking a bit of time to spend with the kids and the family. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the another benefit, obviously, for people who probably work all the time. You now, you know, I know you're homeschooling the kids, you're with the kids a bit more, so you have that period of time where you can probably spend a bit more time at home and, and sort of have a bit more fun with the kids, you know, as opposed to working all the time as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, don't get me wrong, I'd much rather be out working than... Uh, <laughs> Having to answer algebra questions because, um, <laughs> yeah, working. Are you involved in the homeschooling, obviously? You're doing it. Uh, working's yeah. a lot easier, Joel, I can tell you, yeah. than <laughs> knowing how to simplify an algebra fraction. What was your best subject at school? What can you help? What were you having on? Uh, look, I wasn't bad at maths, but um, it's been a long time since I've had to remember how to, yeah, cosine and uh, coefficient and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea, but so you're using a lot of this downtime to improve your business, sell some things you probably put off that you're doing now, which is the newsletter, you know, Instagram page, get some more content going. You've got a lot of photos, which is great. You've kept that digital library. You can also send it to us if you want. Social media at gyms.net and we can share them onto the page as well. We yep. can do some galleries on the main page. So please, any franchisee or yourself, just send it to social media at gyms.net and then we can post your stuff. And I love to see the veggie patch thing. I think that's going to be really cool because it's a really highly searched term is vegetable patch or how to grow vegetables in your gardens. I'm always thinking, I don't know if it's a service code that we have, I don't think it is, but it's something that may be moving forward as a market. You know, people want to sort of do a bit more things at home and grow their own, you know, organic, you know, uh, fruit and veggies. You know, it's a great service that our blokes will probably offer. Yeah, I, th I think that's where, um, as, a, as a business owner, you've got to be um, proactive in that space. Mm. Um, because I don't think there's probably anybody out there ringing Jim's mowing on, can you come and plant me a veggie garden? Um, mm. But I think that's something that you could easily, I mean, there would be certain 
um, clients within people's businesses that would absolutely jump at the chance. Those clients who have got the small kids, the family, you know, those sort of people. But even the recently retired who love tending out to their garden. Um, and some of my clients have existing patches that aren't growing really well. So I'll take this opportunity to learn more about the, you know, the vegetables and the herbs and all that sort of uh, stuff. So that come spring when I'm back working, I'll be able to say that we well, you know that this is actually a good vegetable to be growing at this time of season. Uh, do you know this is a good feed to be using? Oh, your damage to this lettuce leaf is caused by this particular bug or, or slug. So I, I think that's where as a business operator, you've got to be more proactive in that space to not push it on the client, but a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. And um, you know, before you know it, they'll be getting you back to seasonally plant and, and, and harvest their, their fruit and veg. And the other reason I say it's it's a really highly searched term online. You know, there's a lot of articles about it. There's a lot of mum bloggers who write, you know, doing veggie patches in the gardens with kids and stuff like that. And I think it'd be, it's, it's a no-brainer for, for us to do that. It's like a mini landscaping job on this in a way, but it'd be a good money earner too. Oh, absolutely. Because um, it, it is, it's, 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 you know, most herbs and veggies are, uh, are annuals. So, mm. you know, you, you're going to change them over every 12 months or six months or whatever the case might be. And um, yeah, you're right. If, if you've got somebody, you know, if there's a franchisor out there, sorry, franchisee out there that has, um, done that sort of work before, they'd be crazy not to be putting that up on some sort of social media platform uh, to show people that that's a service that they offer. Yeah, I'm sure people do it. It's just something that we haven't really, I don't know, pushed at all. So maybe we need, might even need to create a separate service code or do some content around it. Probably maybe have to come out to you when we can in a video, maybe and just do something like that to be actually yeah, able to show, yeah. show the process with the kids and stuff. It's a great way for parents to teach their kids about where food actually comes from. You know, it doesn't come from the supermarket. It's not made there. It's obviously grown here or... Look, it is a huge, it, it's, it's an ongoing um, source of education because mm. um, from the seed to the plant to the, you know, that old um, uh, farm to table sort of, um, yep. <coughs> excuse me, that farm to table a theory or, 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 you know, that term that's being used quite a lot now uh, can start as early as, you know, the kids being just out there pulling a, a lettuce leaf off and knowing, like you say, where it comes from and how it's growing. Um, and certainly with people, more and more people, you know, unfortunately in this time being out of work or reduced on reduced incomes and not being able to go outside, you know, outdoors for too long with, with a family. You're right, it's a no brainer. You're saving money by, by growing your own. You're teaching your kids uh, the, the, you know, the, the way behind growing your, and where it comes from and, and the time taken. And kids love it. Kids love getting their hands dirty. Mm. And my kids are just saying, when are we starting at that? I'm saying, yeah, yeah, no, we're, I'm just waiting for the right weather. And um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be knocking that up and that'll be something that I um, will be definitely done before the end of this um, lockdown. Yeah, and I'm maybe thinking for more of the inner city franchisees as well. I mean, let's say they might not be the, um, you know, the lawn at the front, but they might have a little bit of the back patch. You know, they have some concrete, you know, you can go in there and make a system for them and all that sort of stuff. and and create something for them in, the, in like even on an apartment seriously if there was a big enough balcony you could do some sort of system you know have that system have that product there you can advise them on it it's a great way of getting more clients especially maybe in the inner city when they wouldn't need to maybe necessarily yeah. use the mowing service absolutely and i mean even rooftop gardens you know yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so it, it is and and yeah i get it landscapers are sort of more in that rooftop garden space mm. um, but that's again where i think that the 
the need for a, a horticulturalist. And that's where a lot of people probably don't understand that there are a lot of gyms franchisees out there amongst the mowing division that are more than just mowers. There are those that have gone on to do your cert two and cert threes that can actually advise, like I was saying earlier, what plants grow best in what environment. And I think that, um, uh, not to digress too much, but I think there's a franchisee out there that, that is looking to grow their business. Um, I think certificate two and three in, in, within the horticulture is um, a must. I really do. Mm. Oh, it just opens up so much more of a world of possibilities, right? So how much more you can go into the home and offer with all the extras and stuff like that and, and probably increase your client base as well. And then I remember going out to you and Des as well, just having that knowledge where it's, you know, watching Des go in the backyard and just knows everything, how much that would cost and, and all the plant names in yourself was quite impressive and it just impressed the clients, wouldn't it, given that wow factor? Yeah, but for someone like me, I, I just like learning more. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to stop learning, which I think that this job allows you to do. I mean, sure, if you just... If you're happy just going out and um, maintaining somebody's lawn or their garden um, and doing that well, then that may be just enough for you to, to, to satisfy that what you want to do or how your business wants to operate. Or alternatively, that's all the client may want you to do. Mm -hmm. But having that availability um, to be able to say to them, yeah, no, I, I can tell you how to plant that. Or did you know that that's what's causing damage to that citrus tree? Um, these sort of things, uh, and just within your own backyard, um, it's a it's a great opportunity to you know get out in your own backyard. So people, yeah, we we're locked down, but you shouldn't see this. I don't think um, as a reason to stop your business growing. Um, people can easily look at it as a negative thing and mm. um, throw the toys out of the cot and just say, oh well, you know, I'm I'm stuffed. Um, but I think you should look at the glass half full scenario and say all right this is an opportunity for me now to work on how to grow my business when we can start getting back and operating again building up my clientele maybe potentially putting on another employee because one thing we all know is that when we are back out there and it is the second week of spring or you know and hopefully not later we're all going to be busy so you've got to start to plan for that now because there's nothing worse than waking up the day of Geez, I'm back at work. Oh my God, I've got a hundred jobs to try and get done this week. Putting yourself under that pressure. I think now's the time to, sure, take a break because I know for a lot of us, we, we don't take enough time out of the business because we're always thinking, if I'm not working, I'm not earning. But look at this glass, look at it as a glass half full. Okay, I'm not working, but I'm not earning, but I am going to take this opportunity to focus on how to build my business and how to, get back on, you know, as soon as I'm allowed to start and how to just hit the ground running. Yeah, it's a great, some great points. And I think a lot of people, if they're unsure about some of the marketing things, it's a great opportunity to learn. Like there's a lot of courses with Udemy on just how to do a MailChimp campaign, talk to your franchise or other franchisees. There's so much YouTube material online to do some of those functions. If you're not that confident about it, why not take the opportunity to learn a new skill? And you mentioned the horticulture stuff before. What resources or, is there any resources or online videos or websites that you recommend for people to maybe build their knowledge into that sort of space? Um, I think that um, in a lawn space, I, the, you know, my um, Safari uh, webpage is set up with um, bookmarks all across the top. Yep. Um, and they vary from lawn solutions, homepage, to Lilydale Turf, to Anko Turf, uh, to a website called Lawn Porn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. He's got his own products out. Yeah, so he does. Yep. YouTube videos out there. Yep. Um, 
right through to just Yates, the, the Yates website, to Portico, um, to various nurseries like Plant Market. If you're a, um, if you have, if there's a franchisee out there that hasn't yet registered with Plant Market, they should not necessarily just to buy their plants, but once you're registered with them, you can log into their website. You can get prices from their uh, trade prices from their website, so that and then you know how much it's going to cost you should you be going out to look at a job. And but also they've got over six thousand fact sheets and various videos that um, you can just download and, and look. I've got a folder here full of fact sheets that um, uh, are some of the most common plans that my clients have, and I just take the time to read over them to to, to learn about learn about them. So there are some of them. So um, yeah, your plan. So your nurseries, um, your various garden sites, ABC gardening. There's, there's thousands out there. And, you know, if you're ever not sure about a plant, and, geez, I'm, I'm always not sure, I just Google it. And next thing you know, you'll find, a, a, you know, 25 YouTube clips or you'll find um, six blogs about a, a certain plant that hasn't grown and those sort of things. I think you've got a curious mindset and learning mindset, which I think is the key, isn't it, during this time especially, you know, not just sit around and do nothing. You're trying to learn new things. You're working in your business and that sort of a thing. We want to encourage every franchisee to try and do, you know, just to try and learn something new during this time or work on their business for things, as you said, you've been meaning to do the two years for the, um, the newsletter. Now you're going to have that set up and ready to go for when you're flat out again, I guess, in spring. Yeah, well, and, and that's what I was saying earlier. You can look at this and you can throw the toys out of the cot and say, woe is me and, and watch your business, you know, unfortunately slip away from you. Or you can look at it as a glass half full scenario and say, what can I do in this time that's going to improve my business for when I'm able to get back and, and start working. Yeah. Is there any books or anything you listen to as well? Do you audio book or do you read much books or? So there was a podcast and I think yeah. probably because of the, the COVID space, they've had to stop it. I'm not sure, but it was, um, uh, it was called gardening Australia. So it was, okay. the, the, um, sorry, no, it wasn't called gardening Australia. It was, um, better home gardening. So it was from the better homes and gardens group. And it was a qualified horticulturalist. I, could, I don't remember. Um, there were two, a male and a female. I can't remember their names. And so I would just, they would, it was a podcast per month all about, you know, what's to do in the garden. And they'd have guests on. So they had um, a representative from um, Lawn Solutions. They had a representative there who sold wicker baskets. So like wicker garden beds. Um, so I, I often used to listen to that. Unfortunately, yeah, that I haven't been able to find them back as yet hopefully that'll be returning so i used to do that when i was out on the out on the road just you know tune in and listen yeah. um books uh so i've got a, i've got a few books i've obviously got the the gardening australia book which is um a real almost encyclopedia like if um book of um you know plants and diseases and weeds and pests and all that um i've also got a, a book called gardening throughout the year and and that's uh, sorry gardening throughout the year in australia so that's everything like across every month. What should you be doing in this month? What are you looking for? What's to plant? What's to pull? Um, what's to prune? When to prune it? I mean, that, it's a fantastic book. So I'll be relying heavily on that for my monthly newsletter. Okay, August, you know, right. Fantastic, that's a great idea, yeah. Um, and I've got, a, I've got a book by um, Paul Bengay, who's a, uh, he's a garden designer, um, but he focuses a lot on plants, not, not so much the um, as I say, he's, he's not, I don't know that he's a landscaper as more of a garden designer. So he focuses more on the plants as opposed to the, the structural elements. And um, yeah, I, I 
it's a fantastic book because it goes through it. I think probably about 70% of what's in that book, um, clients have got one or more of those particular plants. And it talks about um, how many plants you should plant to a square metre if you're looking to create a hedge. And it's broken down in sections. So it's broken down in hedges, uh, shrubs, uh, textual plants, um, and these sort of things. So it, it's a fantastic book. That's great. Some great options there for people to look at. And what I like, what you said about getting some of that information and using it for your newsletter, I'm sure there's so much you can use and for fellow franchisees to use for those newsletters and get them going as well. Now, I was going to say as well, so it's great to hear what you're going to do during this period as well. But um, is there any tips and advice that you have for anyone who might be struggling? struggling? So obviously, you've got a pretty you know, focused plan on what you're going to do during this next time. But um, is there any advice or any tips or any mental mindsets you, know, you could give to some maybe franchisees who might be not doing as well? I think first, have a look around your own place. If, you've got, if you're lucky enough to have a backyard and you could see this opportunity is to um, try a few things out in your own space. Um, and that might be, you know, clients talked about wanting to plant a specific plant. And so you might go out there and, you know, just buy a sample plant, like, you know, a small one and plant it in your own backyard and see how that looks, see how it grows over this period. Although with winter, probably not much. Um, but reach out to your franchise all. I mean, they would have ample, I mean, nobody's been through this before, granted, but I'm sure they've got um, tips and tricks that they've picked up from other franchisees that if they haven't shared with you yet, um, that they'd be willing to share. Uh, other franchisees, see what they're doing. See how the, the person in your region or, you know, that you wave to throughout the day, mm. uh, or, you know, when you see them, what they're doing. Um, be proactive. I, I think it would be too, it's too easy to sit back and, and wait for things to come to you during this period and, and hope that they come to you. You've got to be proactive because if you're not proactive, um, you're going to get left behind. And um, you know, I hope that nobody loses their business because of what we're going through. So you've got to see this as an opportunity to be proactive. Get on different sites, garden sites, look at different books, um, increase your knowledge. You don't have to go out and do Cert 2 and Cert 3, but take this time just to brush up on a basic knowledge about um, how to re-turf a lawn. Because I can guarantee you, that at the end of this period, there's going to be that much work out there that whilst we won't be able to do all of it, you want to take as much of it as you can. And so getting that little bit of knowledge about how to turf a lawn or how to put in an irrigation system during this period will just get you that little bit more extra work when we're able to get back into it. Also, the other, as well. Sorry, there you go. No, I was just going to say, and the other thing is to reach out to your clients. Mm. Ask them, look, when I get back, is there anything specific you you've been putting off that you want me to do. Now, some of them might just go, no, I'm just happy for you to do the lawns. Others go, yeah, look, I've actually got this citrus tree at the back that um, I've been meaning to get to to prune or um, can you look at doing that? Yeah, fine. Okay, what is it? Oh, it's an orange tree. No worries. Go away and research when, how to prune an orange tree, what's the best time, how to feed it, all that. So that when you're back working, first thing you can do is go there and do that. And you've done it once you'll be able to do it next client, the next client, you know, similarly. And that client goes, oh, geez, I didn't realise that Matt offered that service or, um, you know, that he took, you know, that he really cared enough to want to know if there was anything that I wanted to do or needed to do when he got back to work. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think you were going to say, also take the time to look after yourself, your body. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's easy just to sit on the couch and watch Netflix or, or get gaming. <laughs> um, I've just got back into um, running 
you know, not long distance running, but just, you know, just every second day going for a sort of three, five K run just to keep fit because we all know, um, and I keep going back to this, but when we're allowed back to work, it's going to be guns blazing. And, um, you know, we're two weeks into spring and by all account from the rain that we had at the start of this year, it's going to be a huge spring. So you want to be not only it's mentally, fit, you know? yeah, you don't, you don't want to just be mentally prepared. You want to be physically prepared. So, um, yeah, take the opportunity, stay fit, be active, um, but also just rest up uh, and don't overdo yourself in your own backyard if that's what you're planning to, to get out and do. Yeah, I think it's an important point because I don't, I don't think a lot of people realise how physical the work is, on, obviously, on your body sometimes. And, you know, it's probably a good chance to rest some of those niggles or something like that, almost like a footy player almost in a way. You get, you get this time to sort of rest up those niggles a bit. And as you said, you've got to do some maintenance. So if it's going for a walk or something or riding a bike or doing whatever you can do just to keep that, that body in shape kicking over because you're right, it's going to be a bloody busy spring. Um, you know, it's going to be flat out. Yeah, and speaking of maintenance, Joel, you, um, uh, take the time to look at your tools. Get yes. them prepared for, for a busy period because um, they're not being used now and they're unlikely to for the next few weeks. So um, get out what there. Gonna, what are you going to do for that? Are you just going to start them up and give them a bit of a... Yeah, look, it might be a simple thing yeah. of making sure your oil in the mower's changed and, and ready yeah. to go for that period. Making sure you've got new blades ready to go. The filter's right. Um, your, your, your tools have all been um, cleaned with um, you know, antibacterial stuff. You know, just give them a spray, make sure they're... So you're not spreading diseases around. Mm. A lot of the franchisees out there, I can imagine, um, would be too busy to take that time to get it done themselves. Um, and now's a perfect time to, to learn. Learn how to change the blades on your mower. Learn how to um, change the oil, you know, if that's something that you haven't done yet. Um, mm. But, yeah, you should take this opportunity to know that, right, I'm not going to have the opportunity to put, book the mower in for a service um, in spring because, or just before spring, I'll do it now. I'll, I'll get it done now. I think they're still open. I'm not sure. The service, you know, it's one of those um, grey areas we were talking about earlier, who can and who can't operate. Um, I was lucky enough to get all my tools serviced just before the lockdown, um, just because I, I had a quiet, well, not a quiet week, but it was a week that I was able to balance the work with what tools I needed. Uh, and get those things done. Um, but yeah, I think people should be taking this time too to, to, to learn the hands-on part of their, their machinery and so that, bang, we're ready to go and um, no holding back. Yeah, and your days will just fly, I reckon. If you're, taking that, if you're taking that proactive approach rather than, let's say, sitting back and doing nothing, you know, you, you know, your days will fly. You know, as you said, being proactive with clients, maybe learning something about marketing with your friend, with your stuff you can do, you know, your tools and equipment, going for a walk, eating healthy. You know, there's so much things you can do during the day to really keep you busy. Next, you know, it's August 13 already. And I think September 13. Yeah. You know, review, review it. You know, and there's, you know, so it's not that really much time. You know, hopefully it's four weeks and it'll go like that. Yeah, and now not every day has to be focused on your business mm -hmm. um, because, as as sole operators, as sole traders, there are often times where we just don't slow down. We, you know, you go to bed thinking about the next day what you've got to get done. You've got the list in front of you going, oh, I've got to get to Mrs. Smith because she needs that job done before, you know, September or whatever the case might be. But, you know, take the time, obviously, to grow your business during this period, but also take the time for yourself. Take the time to slow down and say, okay, what do I want to do here? Do I, is, you know, do that puzzle with my son that, you know, he's been, we've been putting off or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, you're right in what you said. Um, I remember talking to Shane Ferran, who's a franchisor in South Australia, 
And, um, he, you know, he has a lot of meditation. I think he does an hour a day. I do it myself, which is 10 minutes. I used to think, I used to be one of those people going, meditation, what's that all woo-woo stuff? But, you know, I gave it a go for 30 days while the car nap, and that's something that's really good. But it might be that. It might be, as you said, do something with, with your son or your daughter. Or you might even play an instrument. You might do whatever. Maybe look after yourself to do something that you didn't have the time to do otherwise. Yeah, and, and take the opportunity to learn a new skill. I, you know, I'm... Mm. I, I'm planning to um, do a crash course on YouTube on uh, the piano. So yeah, no great. Yeah. Yeah, cool. uh, just don't come back to me in six weeks and ask me to play <laughs> on it, Joel, because, uh, you know, I have got a lot on it. I've already said I'm going to do, but, um, yeah. um, you know, there are things that I've just, you know, I, I'm a, I love cooking. I love barbecuing. I've got six barbecues um, of which, six. You know, yeah. So they include anything from a little Weber go anywhere right up to a massive offset smoker to a Komodo Joe. So, do you, um, like all, yeah, do you like all those big smokers and those shows, those grill master shows and stuff? Yeah, like so I've got an offset stuff. smoker, which is like, right. like a, my wife calls it the, the, the steam train. Yeah. Um, and I've got a Komodo Joe, which is a ceramic grill, and I've got a Weber kettle and a Weber smoker. So that for me is, you know, um, I did a 13-hour Wagyu smoke brisket the other week. And, right. uh, um, you know, when do you get 13 hours in a day to be able to do that? <laughs> no, I, I was, I was up early to do that on a Friday because I didn't have to work or not didn't have to, I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. So um, that for me is my sort of that and, and getting out and walking and running is, is my sort of calm and, and relax. And uh, know, I think, I think it's great. Nothing, nothing better, Joel, than standing around watching a piece of meat slow cook with a beer in your hand. Oh, I can imagine it'd be great. But I'm, not suggesting we, I'm not suggesting we get up at eight o'clock and crack a beer and drink for 13 hours. I'm just <laughs> saying that, it, you know, in the afternoon when it's coming to an end, it's uh, quite rewarding. But the points you're making is fantastic. It's definitely what I want to make reiterate to people. I'm not trying to lecture people, but, you know, it can be very easy to fall in a victim mindset sometimes when you sit back and go, well, it's me, you want to get angry at things. And they're just out of our control. You know, we can't control this at the moment, unfortunately. But what we can control is what we do with ourselves. So maybe that's showing ourselves some self-care with, as you said, learning a piano or just doing something new with the family or whatever, or working on the business. So maybe just... Make it about you, you know, ourselves for once during this time. And, you know, your, your customers will be there when you go back to work and interact if you still need to do it. But um, taking that time, as you said, very important to look after yourself um, first and foremost. And then once you get back to business, you know, hopefully things go back to somewhat normality and you'll be flat out before you know it and everyone will be forgotten about uh, this horrible time. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be easy to see those that have done what you know you and I have spoken mm. about versus those that haven't because they're the ones unfortunately and I don't mean within the, the gyms group I'm just meaning in general those those people who um, haven't taken the time to look after themselves or maybe look at an opportunity of building up their business because they'll, they'll be the ones left behind yeah and I think that's a very important point you know it's not to blame people who like that because it's probably a very common thing you know but just as you said you've got to be proactive in, in your life in your business in anything you do um, you know, during this time, especially. And who knows, people might, we might have mowing franchisees who develop a taste for cooking or they might want to have a crack at doing the, um, the slow cooking brisket or something like that. And they're like, oh, geez, we've got a new hobby. It's fantastic. And away they go and do their own stuff. But um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And um, hopefully September 13, we can, you know, hopefully our guys can go back to work and girls and, and away we go. But next four weeks is going to be very, very tough hope uh, for people. And hopefully everyone can get through it. Matt, and thank you very much for doing this. Um, I know you've done a bit of media, so you're getting, <laughs> getting used to it now. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who's watching this, seven news, I think seven news today was August 13, so hopefully I think I'll be in the news tonight, and then you've done a 7.30, I think it was a report with ABC. 7.30 report, yeah, on Monday night, which was the 11th. Yeah. Are we, what, uh, no, the 10th. Yeah. 
I think you got a minute's worth, which is good generally for TV. They generally they'll film you for ages and use a little bit, only not that much. Yeah, so. yeah. That yeah. movie was really good. It was it was a uh, oh, look. Um, it's not about me. It's more about getting the message out there for sole traders and people who are really, um, yep. you know, being left behind. And and um, that's that was my, you know, as we spoke earlier at the start of this, um, we don't have a platform. We don't have a union. We don't have a voice. So any little bit that you know, all of us can do to to let people know that you know there are businesses, and I, I don't mean just within the gyms group. I mean sole traders all in Victoria that are hurting. Um, we need to. You know, we, we need to let government know that um, we are the backbone, small business is the backbone of, of this state. Uh, and unfortunately, um, you know, we are losing pieces out of that backbone as weeks go on. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, how many, of you said before, how many of those businesses are still operating? I, mean, I, I know when this whole thing started, the first lockdown, you know, our, our assessment was basically, you know, our business is going to go up because a lot of those independent businesses are going to disappear, which is obviously going to happen this time. So... Yeah, I'm presume our franchisees and hopefully everyone gets through it and away they go. But thanks for doing this, Matt. Really appreciate it. And we have our own podcast for anyone who's watching. It's the Gyms Grip podcast called the Gyms Cast. So this will be on it. We'll put that on there as well for people to have a listen to. And we'll hopefully do this once a week with some other divisions as well. So Matt, you're representing for Moeing. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. No worries. And that's it, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gyms Cast. We hope you enjoyed it. So make sure you leave us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you've got any suggestions on how we can improve or any topics you would like, Jim, or anyone else to hear, please let us know by sending them through to social media at gyms.net. We hope you have a great week. And make sure if you want to learn more about the Gyms Group, you head to www.gyms.net to learn more about the Gyms Group family or to request a quote from your friendly local franchisee.